Welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. Come join us as we chat about a whole host of mindset related issues, giving you both the male and female perspective. And don't miss out on some of the exciting interviews we'll be conducting with some truly inspirational guests. My name is Marcus Matthews and I'm a rapid transformational therapist whose quest is to transform people's minds to reach their own personal greatness. My name is Tracy Carroll, I'm a rapid transformational therapy practitioner and my mission is to end the stigma surrounding mental health issues and show people they no longer need to suffer in silence. So let's get going and let the podcast begin. Hi everybody and welcome to this podcast. This is our first podcast here on Talking Minds and today we're going to be talking about my journey um, from suicidal thoughts, from not feeling enough, to now being a rapid transformational therapist and training with one of the most amazing therapists in the world, Marissa Peer. Enjoy the podcast. Let's get going. So Marcus, from what I understand, it was your journey to self-healing that led you to RTT and where you are today. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, um... 2018 had a really, really rough year. Um, missed out on loads of promotions, just didn't feel, yeah, I just felt crap. Um, it's only now that I realized that over two years, probably from 2016, that I was on a really fast spiral to my mental health breaking down. Okay. Um, so what happened is I went into work one day. Um, actually, although... I didn't realize how much anxiety I'd got in my stomach and how bad I was feeling. But on that particular day, I'd just come off holiday. I'd been to Italy with my family, had a really good holiday, um, came in and the boss was there early and basically said that a complaint had been made against me. So I was like, what? what's going on here? Anyway, um, got taken in the office, stuff happened. And I won't go into any great detail in the conversation, Um, but I had this blinding flash of light and I'll talk about that later because actually something positive happened with that, um, flash of light, but I just broke down. I just absolutely collapsed. Um, and it was like everything came through my head. So it was, it was, I know that this needs to happen. It was as though my mind had gone, sorry, I'm in control now. I've had enough, give you enough warnings you know, I'm making you ill. Um, and, but everything went, my career, that's it. My career's gone. I won't be able to pay the mortgage. So even though I was already anxious and got a break, I'd had that, that breakdown happened. Um, it then got fueled with all these thoughts of this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Um, and I just, I just cried. I mean, properly, properly cried. Um, and then I got sectioned and ended up going to the local mental health unit, which I actually know the people that work there. So when you walk through a door and you're the patient <laughs> and the mental health staff look at you and it's like, what's going on? I could see it in their face. It was kind of, why are you here? <laughs> um, yeah. And what made it worse was that the staff were really good, but I think they were, they seemed quite awkward. I've been worked with them before 
they were kind of, they didn't know how to handle this situation. You know, they've got this person in that they see on a regular basis helping other people who've had mental health, you know, breakdowns, they're going to kill themselves, whatever. And then this person comes through. Um, and I remember sitting down, I remember sitting down with the um, crisis team and they were lovely. There was a mental health nurse there and she was, I can't remember her name, but she was fantastic. And they invited my boss in to talk. And my boss said this, he said something like, um, yeah, he's just, he's just so intense. He just needs to chill out. My wife was there at the time and I was pretty convinced she was gonna punch him in the face. Um, this mental health nurse kind of looks at him and as if, really? Are you, are you really, are you really saying that, you know, he, this he guy is blubbering, he's an absolute wreck. He's had a breakdown and you're just turning around and saying, yeah, you know, he's a little bit, get over it. yeah, get over it. Anyway, she was brilliant because she went, okay, thank you for that. Um, I think Marcus needs some time now. And he was just going on and she literally nearly picked him up and threw him out. Um, and then after that, so, I mean, my wife was amazing. She was brilliant. She was a real rock. And she, to this day, still says that she feels guilty that she didn't notice it. And I think that's the biggest problem when people get this far. And professionally, you know, so many people that commit suicide, they, they go, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know, you know, what was going on. We're very good at putting on a mask. Yeah. Very good actually, I think that's one of the dangers that I found when we talk about well-being. Um, I know slightly off a tangent, but I think one of the things when we talk about well-being, I hate well-being, the word well-being. It's good to talk. Why is that? I, the reason being is, is that the people that need the help aren't going to go to a well-being roadshow. The people who are feeling anxious, are that they, they don't feel that they've got a problem. They just feel that the world's against them. They don't see that they need help because it's stigmatized, especially in the West. It's, it's still seen yeah. as a weakness. And that proved it, that we're good at putting posters up and we're good at going, let's have a well-being day. Let's have some cakes and let's have some tea but that doesn't actually get to the bottom of it, which kind of segues quite nicely into what happened next, which was, I went to my GP. The first thing my GP said was, do you want some tablets? It's the answer and to everything, isn't it? It is. And it just, it shocked me. And I, I remember looking at her and it was the, I kind of, I kind of came back into my old self after being a, you know, a wreck and mm. feeling embarrassed about what happened. And I remembered looking at her and I was probably a bit rude. I went, no, <laughs> I said, I want to know why. I want to know why this happened. And she said, Well, um, we can we can look at getting you some um go and see a counsellor, but you know, if you want to see a psychologist or something like it's probably an 18-month waiting list. And I'm like, and then again, my heart just sunk. It's like I've just gone through such a traumatic experience, you know. I'm still thinking I'm gonna lose my job, I'm never gonna go back to work. And then you tell me, oh, yeah, but you can't get any help for 18 months. You want help right there, right then. Right then. Nothing. Right. That, and that doctor was lovely. Don't get me wrong. She was very yeah. caring, very compassionate. But I don't think she realized what she was saying. She was basically saying, yeah, realize that you've just had a major breakdown, but uh, not really much we can do about it. Anyway, went down to, got a, sorry, about a week later given that my work hadn't even really contacted me or got in touch with me, told me what was going on. So I've got all that anxiety going on as well, that nobody really said, Do you know, what? it's going to be fine. We're going to support you. 
know? Yeah, that's all you need at that point. That's, that's all you that need. Reassurance. Yeah. And I, I think one, I don't know. Um, I, I think one of the things is, is that I was quite confident. I was good at my job, very frustrated um, because my career wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And I now know that actually my behaviors and my attitude were probably part of that, but it was all linked to my mental health. Yeah. So I went to see the um, community mental health team thinking that I was going to speak to a medical person. Um, it was a social services person that I spoke to. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, why, why am I speaking to somebody in social services? Yeah, what's that got to do with it? Yeah. And again, yeah. this guy was kind of like, yeah, well, I understand what you go through. It just sounds like work-related stress and this, that, and the other. And I'm going, it's nothing to do with work-related stress. Anyway, this went on for about two weeks. No support. Um, we eventually did get, Michelle managed to speak to one of the bosses and um, he was shocked in the way that things have gone. And he was down in Bristol at the time and said, listen, I'm going to get in the car and come up and see you now. This is disgraceful. But he said, no, that's fine. That is all I needed. Yeah. All I needed was for somebody to say, this is actually, yeah, this is going to be okay. This is going yeah. to be okay. Um, if you need me, I'm here for you. Yeah. That was, that was it. And it's so it's simple. Crucial. Crucial. It's so simple. Just little words where people go. And, and sometimes even saying it's going to be okay. You know, you can't rationalize that when you're going through it. But um, just to say, I'm here for you. And if you need to talk, just contact me. Because when it's your family, you feel, again, you know, part of my breakdown was the fact that I didn't feel I was providing for my family. You know, I wasn't mm -hmm. doing the man thing of being the man of the house. And, you know, when I took my job that I've got now, it took a massive pay cut, hit us financially. You know, we are still in masses of debt. But, um, yeah, so that was quite difficult. So I'm at home, cheesed off, blame the world, angry at everybody, wondering what the hell is going to happen. And I did the thing that you shouldn't do. <laughs> I was on social media, kind of going, rah, 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 uh, ranting away. And all of a sudden, uh, thank you, Facebook's algorithms for uh, noting my pain. Um, I got this pop-up from Mind Valley. Um, so for people who don't know who Mind Valley is, it's done by a guy called Vishen Lakhani. And he has this thing called the University of Human Transformation. So he, I love Vision because he kind of says, the system's broke. Let's get back to people. Let's get back to, you know, empowering people and giving them their greatness. So it's fantastic. And this yeah. masterclass was by this lady um, called Marissa Peer. And she was talking about, I am enough. And it just really resonated with me. I thought, it's a free masterclass. I'm doing nothing. I'm just whinging and moaning I'm getting no help from anybody and I think because I've got my military background I think it's that thing that when you're down you've just got to get up and go again and that was really the spark um that I watched this masterclass by Marissa and went yes yes the light bulb was it for you it was a light bulb but but what it linked in with is I've been always passionate about leadership um and for people who are listening to this Simon Sinek was really where my journey started for my own self-discovery, although I didn't know it at the time. Um, and he has this thing um, called Leaders Ask Why. He's got several books. They're brilliant. And 
I'm a bit like a kid, you know, when, when, when children, little children are learning what they do, why, why? And as a parent, you go, shut up, stop, stop bothering me. <laughs> but actually it's so crucial. Why is so crucial? And what I wanted to do is it was the reason I didn't take the pills. It was why do I feel like this? Why is it that I work so bloody hard, but never achieve, or I get to a certain point, I get to the tip of the mountain, but I can't go on. But other people who don't work as hard just seem to float through. Why is it that I can't do that? Yeah. And Marissa's rapid transformational therapy really was that into finding why. And it doesn't matter what the why is, it can be anything, but it's finding the why. Find yeah. why you feel like you do. Um, so I did the course, and with all of these things, I go, sign up, $600, you know, 75% off, you know, broke, can't do it. So I had that moment of feeling really gutted that I've watched this masterclass and I got a little taster of this, but wanted to find out more. And yeah, I went, I've got to do something about this. And then I noticed it just, my, my mind kind of kicked in that the introduction was best selling author. Went, wait a minute, she's an author. That means that she's written books. Yeah. So you went off and found some? Straight on Amazon. <laughs> And I bought Marissa's book called Ultimate Confidence. Okay, and tell everybody what that one's all about. So Ultimate Confidence, basically, it's a brilliant book and it's really, really easy to read. And I can't remember where it comes in. It's, it's at the beginning of the book somehow. And it, and, and it says about be, be, before you do the RTT, which is hypnosis, you must read the book. <laughs> you must read the book. So I was like, yes, yes right the hypnosis. The rebellious element of me was like ah, going, I just want to skip to the fix. But it was like, yeah. no, do this properly, read the book. And I sat there and I don't read. That was the kickstart for me reading. I, 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 I can read, obviously, but it wasn't something I ever did. Um, I'd read some of Simon Sinek's books and stuff like that, but nothing major. So read this and it was just, it pulled me in. Mm -hmm. It was just, it explained everything, you know, um, one of the, I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest things in there was this thing about every habit of action is driven by a habit of thought and that your mind controls everything. And when you understand your mind and when you understand how powerful your mind is and that all your pain, whether that be physical or mental, mm -hmm. is driven by, is driven by your head, you know, um, by, your driven by your thoughts. Yeah. See, yeah. a lot of people don't understand that, do they? And I think that, that's quite key to start. It's a key place to start. Yeah, so that really resonated with me. And then, you know, there's lots of other things, but it was, it was this thing about how RTT gets to the, the root cause of things. Okay. Now, she did talk a lot about having... A session with a therapist and when you go to an rtt therapy, they are expensive but i now know that that is not expensive at all but i wasn't in that frame of mind couldn't afford things anyway i read the book page to page and at the same time i actually went on to mind valley and um i joined something called zenwood which was a yoga platform but yoga and meditation um and really rtt is a it is a type of meditation that the way that the hypnosis works it opens up the alpha brain waves and allows you to connect with your subconscious so it's all about talking about the subconscious um, and as you now know uh, as we both know as as rtt therapists that 
everything you do is 95% of everything you do is subconscious. And, yeah. you know, even if you're lucky, that's if you're mindful. Most people, it's 99%. They just do what they need to do. And, and, and that was a game changer for me because it gave me the opportunity to realize that actually all my actions and what led to everything was happening subconsciously, although it was being portrayed by other people as being conscious. It wasn't. It was absolutely subconscious. Um, and I now know that it was my mind basically going, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, get, I was having suicidal thoughts. I was having you know, panic attacks, but I was burying it. And it was actually my mind was going, whoa, things are wrong here. You know, you need to, but I was going, no, 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 I've got to plow on. I've got to, I've got to perform. I've got to. So your mind was trying to say to you, this needs dealing with, and you were continuing on in your robotic day to day, got to go, got to keep pushing, got to go move forward. And obviously the breakdown, it sounds to me that it was a point at which, your mind was like, no, you are going to listen. Would yeah. you think that's true? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. And, and one of the interesting things is in the job that I do now, and I've, I've, you know, when people talk about suicide, a lot of people say that, you know, people who commit suicide, they're selfish, they're this, that, and the other. Um, I, I absolutely believe that, and I've read a lot of articles on this, but I believe that the thought of suicide, the thought of killing yourself is actually not a physical action. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor to say you need to kill these damaging thoughts. You need to kill because they're going to start affecting your body. You, the mind is there to keep you alive. It's, it, yeah. it's its only job. It's there to keep you alive. And those thoughts of suicide is to say, stop. No, you can't do this. And interestingly, when people do take their lives, um, and unfortunately, I've kind of seen videos when people do this through my job, actually there's an absolute serenity and calm because at that point they've just taken control of their life. They've made a conscious decision. The mind is no longer ruling them. Other people are no longer ruling them. They they're in control. And when people say about selfishness, it's not selfish because people, when they're at that stage, even when you're in the early stages of anxiety, depression, you're, your subconscious is telling you something, but you're trying to understand it through the logical part of your mind, the newest part of your mind. Uh, and all these feelings come from the, um, you know, the reptilian part of your brain, the bit that wants you to survive. Yeah. Um, and as you know, when, when you're in survival mode, you create cortisol, all rational thought goes away. Now, if you're in survival mode permanently, and you've just pumping your body with cortisol, you know, you get those clouds coming down, you know, absolutely that happened to me. And that really started probably when I was in my teens, you know, exams, even now, I suppose I panic at exams. I get this cloud over me. I can't think. So I know that my breakdown absolutely didn't happen last year. It started from probably when I was maybe nine, 10, so it was an amalgamation of all your experiences yeah. and it got to the point that your mind was like, that's it. That's there, there's no more exactly. got to listen. We've been talking to you for so many years and yeah. now we're going to force your hand. Yeah. I mean, Bishop Lakani talks about in his, in his book, the code of the extraordinary mind, he talks about um, the rules or the bullshit rules and mm-hmm. the culture scape. So when you look at, 
as a parent, I, I've written a blog. If you go to my the website, makeyourlifecount.co.uk and click my blog, and there's a blog there that called How Our Parents Ruined Our Dreams. Because if you look at it as a parent, you go, so you're born, you don't have anxiety when you're born. No. You, you, you poo yourself and you're quite happy rolling around in your own muck. So your parents and your teachers and the people around you create your environment. They create the rules so you can be part of the tribe. Yeah. You know, as, as Marissa says, you know, people need two things to make connection and avoid rejection. And we're tribal to survive. We need to be in a tribe. So we learn the rules from our tribe. But what we learn is we learn the limiting beliefs of other people. So what Vision's basically saying is, is that society creates a set of rules for us to conform and restricts us from finding our own personal greatness. So I was trying to find my own personal greatness, didn't want to conform to the the rules or the culture scape, mm -hmm. I also needed to feel that I was part of the tribe. And what happened over, what, two decades was that I separated myself from the tribe little by little by little by little until I was pretty much on my own, then started to try and fight against the system, whatever the system is. Yeah. But the system was fighting back at me. And I was blaming the system when actually... I just needed to be on, I was, I was in a race. I was in a race with no finishing line. And the, and the longer that I ran, the more exhausted that I got until I got to the point of collapse. Mm -hmm. That's what most people like, are doing. We're all running a race. You know, you look yeah. at Facebook, everybody's putting filters on, everybody's, you know, nobody's really authentic. No, there seems like there's a lot of conflict there and yeah, two sides fighting one another. And, and when, there's, when there is conflict, it always ends up in, some kind of explosion, yeah. isn't it? And, and this is the thing, is that if, we're, if, if all of that is happening subconsciously and we live in the subconscious 95% to 99% of the time and then well, logically we're trying to work out what's going on, what the why is, well, who's going to win? The subconscious is going to win. Of course it is. More powerful. Of course it is. But we, but we now know we can't dialogue with the subconscious without using things like meditation, RTT, hypnotherapy and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so going back, going back to where I was in regards to, I was doing meditation. I, I was actually doing meditation, breathing, you know. Um, I can't remember some famous monk. I know Jay Shetty talks about this, that when he went to monk school, um, there was a 10-year-old that was teaching four-year-olds. It was like their first day at monk school. So he said, what do you teach them? First day of monk school. And um, this 10-year-old monk says to Jay Shetty, um, I, we teach them how to breathe. <laughs> Jay Shet is confused here and he said, well, yeah. I don't understand this. You know, when I was at school, we learned the alphabet. Yeah. And everyone knows how to breathe, don't they? Yeah. So what he was saying was, is that throughout your life, everything will change. But the first thing that you do when you are born is you breathe. And the last thing that you do in your life is you stop breathing. Mm -hmm. Everything else changes the only thing that is constant throughout the whole of your life is your breath so if you master your breath you master your life wow that's pretty powerful it is pretty powerful but when you look at yogis and when you look at meditation true true yogis it's not about the asanas it's not about wrapping your head around your legs it's about breathing it's about the breath and science mm -hmm. will tell you this is not even rtt science will tell you that when you breathe and you relax, you reduce cortisol, you increase epinephrine, and you increase all of those 
amazing happy happy things that then get rid of all the clouds yeah you know and that's why that's why rtt is so powerful because it takes all of those modalities and puts them into like a super powerful therapy um so i started breathing i was doing things like box breathing you mm -hmm. know for people who think therapy is woo woo go and ask the navy seals what they do when they're doing their navy seal training they teach them how to breathe yeah you sas top elite soldiers top elite athletes they the same yeah, exercise classes. you know but everything comes down to the mind and everything comes yeah. down to the breath so that the breath is connected to the mind so i was doing the download and i was listening to it and it was really really helping and as you know, with RTT, it's a 21-day program. I'm just listening to the download. Mm -hmm. Day 10. Wow. Day 10. Um, I was sat there in a yoga position, you know, with your legs crossed and stuff, doing it that way. I was breathing in. And the most amazing thing happened. And if I could, if I could capture this, I've had a few clients that this has happened to, but if I could permanently give this to people i'd knock every drug dealer out of the world <laughs> it was fantastic so i was meditating but listening to this hypnosis download from marissa and all of a sudden with my eyes closed i started to get these flashes of light really bright light so if you imagine sort of like the sunlight dancing okay. on glass or something like that yeah it was like that and all of a sudden these points of light got into a bigger ball of light and it just grew it just absolutely grew and it filled my whole body now this wasn't something i was doing consciously and when you talk about meditation a lot of people talk about you know growing this light but i didn't know any of that stuff this was just happening okay and it just went down my body from my head down my body and everything lifted at that point i'd been off for uh, two or three weeks maybe and i wasn't feeling as anxious as what what i was you know i'd started to sleep a little bit better but all of a sudden the stuff that i didn't even know was there tension and all that sort of stuff just lifted and it was it was amazing absolutely amazing and it was after that, again, on Facebook, there was this thing saying that Marissa was doing these discovery calls. And by this time, I was tweeting out about RTT because this is amazing. I was on my Twitter account, at Leaders Ask Why. And I was tweeting out and it was amazing. And Marissa was kind of speaking back to me. I was like, God, Marissa Piers. You know, it, it might not have been Marissa. It could be one of her people, but I didn't care. You know, I was having this amazing experience with RTT and I hadn't even seen a therapist. You know, I was doing this just through a book. And yeah, so... I then, this course came, it was a discovery day down in London at the Meridian Hotel. And I went to, um, I said to Michelle, I said, listen, we've got to go down. It was about 175 pounds or something like that for this day. We couldn't afford it, but I was like, no, I have to do this. I have you to go need. down there. I need to find out more. It was like a drug. And anyway, Michelle sort of prevaricated and she went, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. You know, anyway, eventually she relented. I think that was just to shut me up. <laughs> tickets had sold out oh no gutted so i really cheekily tweeted marissa i dm'd her i went really gutted wanted to come down to the discovery day but couldn't make it tickets are sold out she sent me a message back going don't worry what's your email address i'll get my pa to uh, email you and we'll get you some tickets 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, super excited. Anyway, I think it was Joe who was the PA at the time, emailed me, got the tickets, <laughs> we paid for it. Um, got, we got the, um, no, we drove down to London, stayed outside of London in a cheap B&B, um, went in the next day. And this was where things got a little bit weird. So did your wife go with you? She went with me, yeah. Okay. So we walk in to the La Meridian Hotel, which is just near Piccadilly Circus. And there's loads of people there. And there's a lady there with a clipboard, Kirsten West, who's, um, I think she's part of Marissa's, she does all Marissa's media and stuff like that. So she said, oh, um, can I take your name? And I went, yeah, it's Marcus and Michelle Matthews. And she, and she looked and all it was was Marcus plus one. So she looked and she looked at me in a really weird way. And I was like, oh my God, are we on the, are we on the list? You know, and that anxiety comes up as though we've traveled all the way down here. We're not actually on the list. We're not this, we're not the other. She went, are you leaders ask why? So Michelle at this point is looking at me as though, what the hell is going on? She then turned around to, there was some of the ladies behind the, um, like a table that had got all the, um, the bump on RTT, giving that out. Mm. Oh, this is Marcus. This is Marcus. And Michelle's like, what is going on? She said, Marissa wants to speak to you. <laughs> so, How did that make you feel? Yeah. I was like, I go, okay. Well, actually, oh, my, what you've been doing for RTT on Twitter has been amazing. I went, well, I've not been really doing anything. I've just been tweeting out, you know, I've just been trying to get my own head. It's been a bit like journaling, but online. Yeah. So anyway, she said, is that okay? And I went, yeah. So Michelle's like, this is getting a bit weird. What's going on? So we have a coffee and we get to chat to a few people. Really good buzz in the room. You know, there's some amazing people. And actually some of the people that were there on the Discovery Day were actually on my course when I did my training in London with Marissa. Mm -hmm. um, so we walk, we, we sit in and we're on the right-hand side about three quarters of the way back in the middle of a row. I don't know how many people were in there. A few hundred. Big stage at the end. So Marissa walks in and anybody who's kind of into this sort of thing knows that Marissa's done loads on Mind Valley. You know, she's quite a big, she's one of the world's top therapists. You know, she, she's the therapist to CEOs and presidents and all that sort of stuff. You know, she's, yeah. she's reassuringly expensive if you want to work with her. So she walks in and Kirsten is kind of jumping up and down, pointing towards me. And Michelle's, Michelle's like, what is going on? So Marissa, all these people are looking at Marissa and clapping and Marissa just walks straight over to me and just gives me a hug. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, let's go. Michelle, at this point, we're both like, what is going on? She said, um, I really want to speak to you after. Can you stay behind? I said, well, we've got to get back up north. Um, you know, we've got to travel across London, but yeah, more than happy. So um, by this time, Marissa had launched a book, I Am Enough, and I'd read this book. Um, and again, it was a really great book to read after I'd read Ultimate Confidence. And I, I won't go into that, but there was that the whole discovery course was about I'm enough, and, and it was all about um, different rules and different modalities and how we live our lives and how to break free. And it was all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so we do the course. Marissa does some hypnosis. Um, I hope Michelle doesn't mind saying, but she kind of had a mini kind of cry and breakdown um An emotional release emotional release yeah not a breakdown emotional release while we were there 
Uh, and then afterwards we queued up and I was like, I'm going to get Marissa to sign my book. <laughs> um, so I was the last one there. I signed the book and we just started talking. And I kind of shared my story about what had happened and how RTT had helped me. And Faye, I'm not sure, Faye's like one of her number two people in the company. Faye was kind of, we've got to go. They want to close the building. We've, we've like talked for about an hour just chatting, you know, as if we'd known each other for years. So we then went out to the lobby bit, continued, and she's, listen, you need to come on my course. You need, you need to be an RTT therapist. This is what this is all about. And I was like, going, I, you know, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't afford it. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do the other. So she was amazing and she, she was really, really good. And then anyway, the next, we went home and I was really on a high, but something had happened. Something had changed inside me on that day to go, actually, this is probably what I'm here for. Yeah. I've gone through this horrible experience and I've got an opportunity to try and change people's lives. How can I do this? Anyway, about two weeks after that, mulling this over and, and kind of going back to feeling a little bit down, a little bit low, wondering why I'm feeling like I am and all the rest of it. I then get a phone call from Kirsten. And um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the phone call from, from Kirsten and she basically gave me the offer of a lifetime which I'm not going to go into what the conversation was, but it allowed me basically to have the opportunity to train as an RTT therapist, to train with Marissa, go down to London and train with her. Mm -hmm. and I cried. I absolutely, even now I feel really emotional about it. I broke down. I absolutely mm -hmm. just broke down. And um, yeah. And then I think a few weeks later, um, I, I, I don't know if it was before I started the course um, Marissa's PA emailed me saying, Marissa's over in Sydney doing live over in Sydney. Um, she wants to jump on a call with you. So we had a what's, we had a bit of a technical issue, but we ended up talking on WhatsApp. You know, Marissa PA gave me her mobile number. And um, yeah, we had a chat while she was in Sydney and we chatted again. And I was like, what is this? This doesn't seem real. Very surreal. Yeah, really surreal. So I was really lucky. I, I did the... Uh, I did what's called RTT professional. So I did the online and then I went and spent um, some time down in London with Marissa's amazing team with Tina and uh, Marissa and Sean and the rest of the gang down there had an amazing time, met some really amazing people. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of it in regards to my journey to RTT. But one of the, I think one of the interesting things was, was that, as you know, we have something called the practice register where we can practice on each other. And I had, um, I had a session with a lady called Valerie Hannon, who's um, one of the therapists. And I had that transcendent experience again. Mm -hmm. This time it was much more powerful. And it felt as though when this energy came out of me, it was like having a suit of armor on. Um, and I absolutely now, without a shadow of a doubt, keeping it simple, know that once you understand your subconscious mind, once you understand how you've got your limiting beliefs, you can absolutely eradicate them. Um, and I've had a few conversations with psychologists and people and people, RTT, it's a load of rubbish, it's all woo-woo. 
Um, and the great thing about this is I don't have a degree. I have no qualifications whatsoever from any university to do with psychology, psychiatry, or anything like that. What I have got is, um, you know, 40 years of learning how to completely break my mind, get to a point of where I wanted to kill myself, um, and then learn how not to kill myself, and then actually move myself forward. So unfortunately, there is no university in the world, I think, that would sanction that experience. No. So anybody who says that rapid transformational therapy doesn't work, well, number one, you're not my client, and number two, you're still living in the matrix. I've stepped out of the matrix, the film, the matrix, I've taken that pill. Um, and I see the world from a very different angle now and know that what they say, 95% of the world's wealth is held by percent of the population. The reason for that is very simple. They're not in the culture scape. They're not playing by the bullshit rules mm. and they already know that the mind is really powerful and they believe that they can achieve whatever they want to believe and can do whatever they want to, to do. Um, and even, even going forward from that, people like Joe Dispenza, um, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, all these amazing people that are doing things with epigenetics about how the mind can heal the body. Um, you know, you know, that comes into RTT as well. Yeah. And it's absolute, you know, nobody can convince me otherwise now that, the mind is the most powerful thing that we have on this planet. And once you understand yourself and once you understand your mind and you can find why you feel the way you do, you know, it's, yeah, you, you're limitless. You can do whatever you want. It's, it is. Fun. So tell me, where would you be if you'd not discovered RTT? I'd be in the system. You know, I, I would, I would, I would probably not be back at work now. Okay. Probably would have been medically discharged from my job. Um, I, do you know what? I could have even been dead. Do you know what I mean? That's and that's a sobering thought to think that things got that bad. I never, I never would have probably got that way because I think even as a kid, I've always, I used to go to church and I got quite confused with church. <laughs> I'll be honest, it, it, was, it was weird, but I've always been quite spiritual. I've always had a connection with animals and nature. And mm -hmm. I think that actually that's part of the key is that we've created this environment in our world where we don't realize that we're part of nature. We're part of the world. We've kind of separated ourselves from it. And when you look at not just RTT, but you look at meditation and you look, especially to the East, but you look to the Bible, the Quran, religious texts, they're pretty much all the same book written in a different way based on the same thing that we control our destiny. And when we talk about God, for me, God isn't a guy with a beard on a cloud. No. God, God is, is, is energy. Everything is energy. Everything vibrates. And people talk about vibration. And again, it sounds really woo-woo, but it's not. Because we vibrate, and when we vibrate, we create a frequency. When we create a frequency, I tell my clients this, you're vibrating at this frequency at the moment, you're not feeling very, you're not feeling enough, you're not feeling, you know, you can't achieve anything, you're depressed, whatever, you can't have kids, you're fat, doesn't matter what it is, you're vibrating at that frequency. Imagine that frequency is BBC One, and you want to watch ITV. Well, what do you do? You turn the channel. Because ITV is not on the same frequency as mm. BBC. 
Yeah. If you want to watch a different picture, you want to get some different information, you have to change the frequency. Change the frequency. And the only way you can change the frequency is by dialoguing with the subconscious. Again, our different states, our beta state, our theta state, our alpha state are all on different frequencies. They're measurable. That's not woo-woo. That is science. It's proven yeah. science. If you want to find how you get changes in your life, you have to change the frequency. However, most people don't know how to do that. And that's why you need to see a professional, somebody who can guide you. And, that's, and this is why I love RTT. Most people, and I was the same, you've got a problem. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's go and do some cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm not having to go at cognitive behavioral therapy, talking therapy, NLP, any of that sort of stuff. But if you went to the doctor, so I went to the doctor and they said, have a pill. If I went to the doctor and said, doctor, I've broken my arm. It's fractured in four places. And the doctor went, oh, great. Have a pill. That'll fix it. You're more likely to report that person to the medical council for malpractice. Because the pill's not going to fix it. The pill's not going to fix it. But we give pill. There's a, a book um, by Johanna Han. I can't remember. It's about anxiety. Um, and he says, he talks about the Hammond scale, I think it is. I don't know. But it, it goes from zero to 30. And they've done tests. And they said when somebody takes a pill, they drop by 0.8% on this scale. But when they have a good night's sleep, they drop by eight. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, when you go to sleep, you go into REM. Rapid eye movement. REM ignites the alpha brain waves, which is exactly the same as hypnosis. It's completely natural. And that's when we download what's happened in the day and we try and look at it and we have dreams and all the rest of it. Now, if you've got anxiety and depression, if you're having panic attacks and you're not sleeping, how does the mind repair itself? And that's just basics. That's without even looking at things. So yeah, it's super powerful. Um, And I could talk about the subject all day. So just one last thing I want you to share with everyone listening your favorite quote or phrase, whether it's a famous one or not, share with us your favorite one or one of them and tell us why you're so drawn to that particular phrase. Without a doubt, the simplest and easiest phrase um, is I am enough. Yeah. I mean, that's how Marissa's kind of coined it, but it's on a lot of things. And I think the reason why I am enough is so powerful is because what it says is, is it says, accept who you are, accept that you were created and you're here, you know, and, and accept who you are. Don't, don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and be somebody else because you can't be, you know, we're all different. Most people say, I'm different. I'm different. We're all different. And by that very fact, we're all the same. But by saying I am enough over and over and over, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your story today and being really open and honest with everyone. I'm sure lots of people have got some great tips out of it. Um, Lots of different books and things to what to read, people to follow. Um, And I'm really excited to see where your journey takes you. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. And um, yeah, I would just say to anybody out there who's listening, listen, if you're going through a tough time, get some help, you know, um, we'll put some links in the bottom of the podcast that might help you. And yeah, just say to yourself every day, I am enough and really 
embrace who you are and go out and live with greatness. Okay, so uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And um, on the next podcast, we're going to be speaking to Tracy, Tracy Turn to do that. Just, I'm going to say this, this is live, we're doing this live, and, and I think the dog's barking in the background. Uh, we're keeping it real. And I'm, we're not going to edit that out because we're going to make this podcast um, imperfect because being imperfect is, uh, is the way to be perfect. So we're going to keep that in, even though Tracy's probably going to mad when she's going to shout at the dog. Um, my dog's been sick during this podcast. So, um, you know. Keeping it real. We're keeping it real. So, yeah, join us on the next podcast, everybody, um, when I will be grilling Tracy about her journey. So take care, everybody. And, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds. And don't forget to give us a little like. Thanks very much for listening. See you soon.